Jojo Rabbit is the new film from breakout director Taika Waititi, but will this film have us goose-stepping into cinemas, or can it bugger Reich off? I'm Mike. And I'm Darren. And this is Popscorn. Movie review podcast. Happy 2020. Although I think the last two we recorded were also in 2020. It's yeah. the first popscorn of 2020, though. Yay! Welcome to the new decade, Darren. It's been a hell of a start for movies. I mean, yeah. My no God, kidding. we've got another review coming um, recording day as well for another great war-based movie yeah. of a very, very different ilk. Yeah. They mm. could not be more polar opposites of each <laughs> yeah. other. Both of which are also Oscar nominees. Yes, so that's they good. are. Um, We're but barreling towards award season, Darren. We are. Um, you realise that you only need to watch not that many movies to watch all of the ones that are important. Right now, all I need to do, not counting Parasite, which I'm watching tomorrow, mm-hmm. is I need to go and see Little Women next week. Yeah. And watch Marriage Story sometime between then. And that's all the best pictures done. Which leads me, Darren, mm. I'm going to watch as many goddamn films that are nominated for the Oscars as I can, with the potential goal of having seen all of them. I wish you all the luck in the world. That's I think it's about a month away, the Oscars? It's February 9th, so... so less yeah. than a month less away. Less than a month away. Three weeks, 30 movies. Let's see if I can do it. So that's... A lot of those are the short films, though, and oh, okay. a lot of those are on YouTube, so... Right. I can bang out the short films, no problem. It's finding all the documentary features, finding all the foreign language features, and then somehow getting my arse into the cinema to see the rest of the stuff. Including somehow finding a way to uh, watch the ones that aren't coming out until after the Oscars. <coughs> piracy! Uh, but you, we'll, we'll, I said we'll figure that out. Oh, we'll I thought the movie out. was called pr- uh, Piracy. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I haven't heard of that one. Who's no, in that? No, 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 um, no. Cool, okay, well that's all coming up, but thankfully you don't need to go back to the cinema to watch Jojo Rabbit. I don't. Oh, that was a clean segue, Darren Wadden. Thank you. Uh, Thank yeah, you. a new film by Taika Waititi, uh, ensemble cast, I would say, uh, focusing around the, um, I guess, the, the adventures of a young boy in the collapsing Nazi Germany. Yeah, They do they say what city it is? I presumed I'm it gonna, was Berlin. I'm going to check the notes, but I'm, I'm sure it's just... Generic yeah, German just city. Generic. Just right, says okay. living in Nazi Germany during the later stages of World War Two. Uh, yeah, no, it doesn't really. And this is going to, you know, make parts of my complaints about the movie is that it, it's specific. Is the specificity a word? Yeah, its specificity is a bit lacking. Right. But we'll get into that. But what did you think of the movie, Darren? I really liked it. Yeah. Um, it was. I like it for very different reasons to 1917 that we'll talk about later. Yep. Um, but I thought it was a really, really strong start to a year because it's it does something, and we'll, we'll have to basically wait until after spoilers to really get into this. Mm. It does something only Four Lions has ever really done before for me. Right. Of it being such a strong comedy, it lulls you into a full sense of security about where you are and what you're doing. Yeah. To kind of then use that for like really good dramatic swings as mm. well. Because I love the word dramedy. <laughs> and this is much more of a comedy than it is a dramedy. It is. But it's when it uses those points to remind you that this is about 
um, you know, Nazi era Germany, you're in the thick of it, we're in the closing stage of the war, it's not looking great for Germany, that it really excels for me, which is why I think it's not just been, it's not going to win Best Picture, I don't think. Oh, hell no. Um, I'd love it too, but I don't think it will. But I can see why they've put it in there, because the trailers make it look like an engineered comedy, but there's a lot more nuance going on there. There is, and I don't think I like it as much as you, Mm. but I did like it. Okay, good. So... The the real problems for me really stem around, like I said, specificity. Ugh, that still doesn't sound like a word. Um, and kind of a lack to go that bit step beyond. There right. is, I, I think I know the moment you're talking about where it brings you out of the comedy zone. Yes. And to give the film its credit, it not only does great things with sort of divulging your expectations, mm-hmm. diverting your expectations, not divulging, um, in certain scenes, and the way in which they costume and light some people yeah. is really effective. Mm-hmm. And those scenes are great. It also has Rebel Wilson in it, and I don't hate her, so that's interesting. I was going to say, that is very interesting. That's a testament that I yeah. don't like either yeah. Rebel Wilson or um, Sam... Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell, usually. Mm. Not a fan of either of those people. Plus it's got um, Theon Greyjoy. Yeah. Famous shit from Game of Thrones. <laughs> um, and un- he's a famous... I don't actually... Alfie Allen is actually a pretty good actor, but he's yeah. just a notorious shitbag in that, in that <laughs> Um And I liked him as well. So yeah, it's 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 got a good um, case of like the actor revival... Not revival. Resuscitation going on. Yeah. Of their reputations. Of like, oh no, they can be funny. This is true. And they're, they're both... Sam Rockwell and um, Rebel also are in pretty limited roles. They pop up occasionally. Mm. Um, but both smash you at the park when they're called upon. Yeah. Not as much as Tiger Waititi does himself. No, the, we'll, we'll get into the extent yeah. of that. Let's start right at the front of that cast, though, with uh, Roman Griffin Davis, who plays Jojo. Yeah. Um, or Johannes Betzler, if you're giving his actual name. Mm-hmm. Jojo's just a nickname that yes. his mum gives him, which is fun. Um, this kid's, like, 12, yeah. and he's got to pull through a comedy on his own. I- a Nazi comedy. A Nazi comedy. So, fair fucks to the dude. Uh, he does an amazing job considering how young he is. We were only just last episode bemoaning child actors. Mm. Um, in I can't remember what film it was. It was um, Good Omens. Oh, it was Good Omens. Sorry, yeah, of course it was. It was a shit. And he's so good. He's very I, good. I genuinely don't think he's been in anything else. I'm going to check in his filmography now and, yep, Jojo Rabbit. Yep. That is it. They surround him with a lot of good actors and actresses, but he's on his own for a lot of this movie. Um, this is his first film after three years of solid auditioning. It's a fair play. Well done. Well done, lad. He's doing amazingly well. That. And, and he's so... Despite the fact he is, at the start of the movie at the very least, a very dyed-in-the-wall Hitler youth recruit mm. and believes wholly and totally in in the Third Reich. The, that first scene does go a long way to establishing who this character is going to be. Mm-hmm. And... Kind of gives you an inkling as to where this story's going, yeah. how we're going to watch Jojo develop. Yeah. So, for that, I, I think they couldn't have picked a better person to be up front. I'm glad it was a genuine, you know, out and out outsider to the, to the Hollywood yeah. Wars. It wasn't somebody that they could just pluck out of another franchise yeah. and do that. Otherwise, I don't think it would have felt as earnest as it does here. No. It is a very genuine performance. You, it is. you kind of get the feeling that that's exactly what Jojo believes. Yeah, um, he to, well to the point that he has Adolf Hitler as an imaginary friend. Yeah, um, yeah, he. You see that he's just a sweet isn't kid, and if this was, you could easily see because this is based on a book, mm. 
Um, Ch- Caging Skies? Is that the name of the I'm book? I'm just going to say yes. I think it's Caging Skies. Um, you could see... Now, obviously, the source material, I hope, was also a comedy. But you could see how, like, just taking the subject matter of a 12-year-old who fully believes in the Nazi regime, mm. you could do that in a very different way. Oh, yeah. And go down a big old drama, like, horrifying, dark mm. thriller type of thing. But everything is grim and just... Yeah, exactly. You know, because, um, like, there's a lot of scenes where, you know, he's slagging off Jews and he's doing all the stuff you would expect for someone who's such, like, a fanatical Nazi. Um, but he does it with such childlike innocence and, like, joy. Again, you kind of forget that he genuinely believes he's a Nazi yeah. when he's 12. Exactly. I think that's the good thing about it because because you you can't... And the movie kind of frames itself as oddly joyful. Yeah. Like... It's the little German village that just gets on with it, even yeah. though there's an invasion coming over yeah, there. Yeah. Like, the Americans are about to come and trample our ass, but, yeah. you know... The Russians are going to be here any day. Yeah. Now. Fishmonger's open, though. You yeah, know. it's fine. We're running back for it. Um, I've got to say, put this script in the, hand of, in the hands of Mel Gibson. It's a very different thing, isn't oh, it? Oh, it's a dark and Ooh. terrifying tale. Yep. But that kind of, you know, the, the childhood whimsy of it means that, you know, you can still see he's an innocent, and mm. therefore he's very easily... Um, redeemable mm. come that point in the movie well, he's a boy scout and I think yeah. this is something that Taika Waititi's done before kind of in Hunt for the Wilder People mm-hmm. so you can see that through line yep. between those two films so I find that very interesting um, should we talk about uh, Hitler <laughs> I didn't let's I, talk about Hitler <laughs> <laughs> the, in the new dramedy we need to talk about Hitler <laughs> There's something about Adolf. Um, <laughs> yeah, so he's played by Taika Waititi. He is. And you uh, just felt like, even though I've seen his reasoning for why he wanted to be Hitler, mm. despite the fact he's Jewish, because um, he was like, well, what better ultimate fuck you to the guy than to have a Jew playing him? Yep. Um, you can kind of see, I, I, uh, I get why the snowflakes have charged at the movie for being not Oscar nominated because it makes light of the situation but is that a thing? oh yeah wow yeah, 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 okay yeah, 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 yeah. I did not think it's making light of history's greatest monster but I'm like Charlie Chaplin did this <laughs> 70 years ago this yep. is not new nope. um, so there we go um, yeah so they've already got their pitchforks out for this one that's a bit of a shame really because I don't think that's the problem with the film no. we'll come to my problems with the film in a right. minute it's not Taika Waititi's performance, I'll put it that way. Oh, God, he's so funny. There's so many good, like, if you've watched Full Ragnarok, you know he's got a penchant for just, just one-liners that floor you. Yeah. Uh, not like Tim Vine, shitty one-liners, but genuinely good ones. Yeah. And he, oh, so many, so the, the basic premise is he's, whenever Jojo's out and about, it's Jojo Rabbit. But then when he's back, usually in his house, that's when he sees his imaginary friend, Adolf Hitler. Mm. Um, and he's not like... Dogwater is not playing it straight. He's playing it slightly camp. Very camp. Um, and it's brilliant. And he claims to have bomb-proof legs. Um, <laughs> you forgot about that yeah. And he has Nazi uh, mind powers. Um, <laughs> and it's just, whenever he turns up, it's brilliant. It really is. It's like if Korg got to hang it with Thor more. Yeah. It's that level of just, oh, I'm just so happy whenever he... It's weird to be happy whenever Hitler turns up. <laughs> but yeah. he's genuinely the highlight of the movie for me. It, 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 like, the absurdity of his dialogue, it's very it's very four lines, yeah. isn't it? It's the spark plugs, the Jewish, it's stuff along that line. Um, and I thought that worked... To great effect. Mm. What really works for me, and it's only really something that I would know 
because of my fiance is, right. is the way that they and I have to talk about the the end of this through line right in the spoilers uh, but the way it's that they spoiler that Hitler shot himself I don't think that's Not a spoiler that the way they costume him <laughs> right okay is the point I was leading up to ah. in the start of the film Hitler kind of mirrors Jojo he's in the the, the kind of jumpsuit situation yep. with the shorts and the clean shirt and yeah. all that and then you see that costume become more and more militarised mm. as you go through I can't talk about the costuming at the end right because people might want to know yeah. if that's different but yeah I thought that was really well done I think there has been a great amount of detail put into the characterization of Hitler mm-hmm. to be a total and utter caricature to be as yeah. blown up a version of this as you could possibly hope for before I forget I think it, I don't know if it was the funniest bit of the movie for me, but I had a right cackle. The opening with the German version of oh, I, "I Want to Hold, hold Your Hand", hand. Yeah, yeah, and making Hitler look like he's part of Beatlemania <laughs> was so goddamn funny. Yeah, <laughs> genius like level because that's how Jojo sees him as like a larger than life like superhero basically, as yeah. all the girls want to be with. So it's like it's. When eventually in 10 years' time we get the North Korean version of this, <laughs> and you know, we're seeing Kim Jong un from inside North Korea, and they all think, you know, he like holds the moon, and you know, <laughs> yeah. he's, he too has bomb proof legs. Um, <laughs> that's what we'll get, but no, I just before I forgot, I was wanting to mention that was oh god, it was funny. Whilst we're here, then mm. can I talk about the movie? One of my f- bigger problems with the film, okay, I really liked that, um, transforming Americana into. Uh, German, yes, and, and like you say, part, making part of Beatles mania. By the end, you've got uh, Heroes by David Bowie mm. playing in German. I really wish they'd done that all the way through because mm-hmm. they really don't. And it, it, that was in the marketing material. That was uh, bookended the film. Yeah, I kind of wish they'd done more with that. I know that there is there there is some really authentic German feeling stuff in here. Yeah, one of which I want to talk about later on when we talk about um, the girl who plays Elsa. Is it Elsa? Is that her name? Uh, I, I believe so. so. It is. I know it's Thomas and Mackenzie, but uh, what character is the name of the character? That's not a fucking. It is Elsa. It is Elsa. There mm. we go. When we talk about Thomas and Mackenzie in a set in a in a moment, we can get to a bit more of the authentic Germanness. But I really wish they'd harped more on that. Like you say, Beatles mania. Yeah. Like a kind of a sixties to seventies the birth of the superstar yeah. kind of vibe and ran with it, especially in the music. Mm-hmm. Every time a, a German version of an English song popped up, that was so much fun. It was, it was. I really wish they'd done more with that. I really, I, I, I know it's something small, but it would have added so much more. Yeah, character. I can see where you're coming from. Um, I don't think it necessarily hurt the film not having it. It would have maybe just improved it slightly. Uh, really pushing that home. Um, I think I think that's the point I'm trying to drive home. Actually, is that I don't think an absence of the things I'm complaining about de- mm. is a detriment. Right. It just makes the film just good, as right. opposed to okay. really great. Okay. You know, it would have been you know that bit of extra spice for it. I'll give you that. Um, I just I, I think if you overdo that, I think then it just becomes a straight comedy, and I think then you kind of. In order to fit those in, you might have to sacrifice a bit of that, yeah, bit and, of that drama that's there. And you're robbed of those really hard-hitting moments. I suppose yeah. you are right, yeah. I am usually, so it's just best to get on board. Um, Scarlett Johansson yeah. is here. Um, she's here. I'd say she's the biggest name actress they were able to... Well, actor in general they were able to get. Probably. Um, but, you know, everyone needs a little uh, 
you know, Oscar love and a little bit of critic love. Is she um, nominated for this movie? I think oh, she is, isn't she? Yes, she or is. Or is it Marriage Story she's nominated for? No, she's nominated for both. Oof. Marriage Story for leading and this for supporting. Oh, well done. Ooh, has anyone mm. ever done that, Michael? Yeah, that's that's been done before. Oh, damn it. Um, cool. She, she plays uh, Jojo Rabbit's mom. Mm. Uh, it's still weird for Scarlett Johansson to be playing a mom. Yep. She does very well at it, but it's just, mm, you're a black widow. And you're, you're <laughs> Two fine. films in a few weeks where she's playing a mom. Yeah. So that's very I still realise Scarlett Johansson has kids, so... It's not. Oh, yeah, she is a mom. Yeah, so it's fine. <laughs> but it's just strange. It's like when um, uh, when uh, Amy from uh, Parks and Rec was in the new Chucky film as a mom. Yeah, and I'm like, no, no, no. You're not <laughs> April, sorry, from Parks and Rec. I'm like, no, April Ludgate is not meant to be a mom. This mm. is strange. Even though she's a mom in Parks and Rec at some point. Oh my god. Um. Anyway, Scarlett Johansson does yes. a great job of kind of being um. Well, you never really find out what she does, what Jojo thinks she does mm. as like a legitimate job, but she's the one who kind of quite blatantly is saying like playing devil's advocate with Jojo to kind of make him see the light of maybe the Third Reich isn't so great after all. Yeah. Um, Controversial thought. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. What a whew, crazy lady. Have you thought that maybe Hitler's not the best? Ooh, <laughs> that's a new take. Well done. Um, she, and I think she does a really good job here as well. Um, she kind of, she she maybe embodies that kind of balance between the comedy and the, and the, the drama the best because mm. whenever she's dealing with Jojo, she's being quite like funny about it. Yeah. Even, there's only like once where she kind of snaps at him mm. and even then she kind of makes it um, okay in the end and tries to be funny about it. You can tell she's a very doting mother. Yeah. But then they kind of, in scenes she has with Elsa, who we'll talk about in a second, she kind of flips that over and you see the real kind of desperation of her to like, for certain reasons, she has to kind of maintain Jojo being in Hitler Youth and all that and go along with that. But she can tell she's kind of horrified by the thought of it. Yeah. So I think she, yeah, she does a fantastic job. Um just rattle for you a few of the others. I, I don't think you really say anything I disagree with about her performance. No. Her um, costume was very interesting. The, with the feathered hat. Yeah, so they make very her... Very jovial. Yeah, they make her quite a big... Um, she's she's a peacock in a world of like khaki um, jumpsuits and greys and all yeah. that military business. Um, but it serves a purpose. It does. Oh. Through um, the kind of framing of we don't really know what Scarlett Johansson does yeah. in this movie. That leads me on to a point of I really liked about this. And it's a point that actually the movie shares with Joker, weirdly enough, um, is having that singular view of the world. You're not going off and visiting other characters that often. Yeah. You, you really only do it with Scarlett Johansson when she has her solo scenes with Elsa. And that is it. Yeah. Apart from that, you're with Jojo for the entire movie. Yeah. That works especially well with the Scarlett Johansson storyline. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, and it's ending, which we are going to talk about after spoilers, because huh, um, yeah. So let's talk about some more members of the cast. I know you don't like Sam Rockwell. That I much. don't like Sam Rockwell. I'm coming round on Sam Rockwell. Yeah. Between this and his performance in Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, oh, I did like him in that. Oh, he was so good in that. Uh, I'm glad he won the Oscar for that as well. Uh, he was great in it. He might have been my favourite character in this movie as well. Yeah, he plays Captain K, um, mm. who is... <laughs> his introduction is fantastic. Oh, God. <laughs> um, where he talks about how he lost a perfectly good eye, and that means he can't lead his men into battle. Yeah. Um, and he's kind of... He's like this brow-beaten, 
just kind of over it general um, who's been sidelined down to the Hitler Youth kind of training programme. He's not happy about it. No. Um, and he's just kind of, he's, he's not happy with his lot in life. But he's kind of, that makes him, not overtly, but you can kind of tell he too is coming to the same conclusions that Scarlett Hansen is as, yep. as, you know, maybe this isn't all it's cracked up to be, the Third Reich. Um, he does really good. The, the, the hints at him being... Um, in love with uh, Alfie Allen, who plays Finkel. I loved those scenes. They were fantastic. They were I mean, anyone who's ever like, there's a lot of like things. I've seen a lot of documentaries that kind of hint. Maybe Hitler was gay, and then you go, Ah, no, he had a wife, and then they show you some of the things they were doing. Yeah, with white, you know, everyone's got to be blonde and blue-eyed and perfect and immaculate, especially the men. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's all a bit strange. So, Playing on that, always funny to have camp Germans running around. There is. Um, he has a fantastic costume change in the end. Oh, wow, yeah. That bit where it sh- kind of shows how much of a... Sh- how less of a shit they are starting to give about the entire yeah. war. That ever- that's a great through line for that character as well because it, at the start, it is, it is you know, disillusion, isn't it? It yeah. is, oh, I can't believe I've got to hang about with these kids. And then as it goes on, oh, you know, maybe it's fun to have a bit of spare time and... Yeah, you know, the Russians are coming and the Americans are coming, but I did this cool drawing. Yeah, <laughs> look at my cape. Yeah, I really love those scenes. I think that's what makes him one of the more sympathetic characters. His paternal tendencies come out gradually through yeah. the movie. He's got none towards Jojo at the start, but by, no. by the end of the film, he is a very caring person. Yeah. Um, and again, we'll talk about the end of that storyline, because oh dear. Yes, we will. Um, Stephen Merchant turns up for a fantastic cameo. <laughs> yeah. I had never realised it until kind of watching it. Stephen Merchant is a fantastic member of the Gestapo. <laughs> he really is, isn't he? He's just, I was like, oh, I never thought of Stephen Merchant as a Nazi, but he works so well. <laughs> um, yeah, he turns up as the head of the Gestapo to kind of... Um, Go through Jojo's house at some point. Mm. And yeah, Taika Waititi was like determined to set the record for the most Hail Hitler said in a minute flat. <laughs> yeah. It was beautiful. Um, again, he's only in that one scene. Yeah, I that think. Is it. No, no, he, he's. He been, turns up very briefly at the at end. The end. That's his only up. speaking role. Yeah. Um, so you can't really say like much more than he had a very good scene. Yep. But it was a very good scene. Mm. I'm glad Stephen Merchant's doing more away from um, Ricky Gervais these days. I feel like he does his best work away from Ricky Gervais, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, I think so. He's because um, I know he had that sitcom wasn't very good. Oh, on his own. Uh, yeah, it was like um, Hello Ladies. I think it was called. I know that was also the name of a stand-up tour he did. I think oh, right. it was called Hello Ladies. I tried watching that. It wasn't great. Which one? The sitcom? Or the, the, the the sitcom. Yeah. Um, stand-up's good. Stand-up's fine, yeah. But um, it wasn't great. I'm happy he's now kind of... So maybe him writing by himself, he needs Ricky and Ricky needs um, Stephen Merchant to kind of balance each other out. Yeah, but when maybe. he's just given like free roles for this, he does perfectly well. He had a very good Christmas special last year. He did. I mean, if, um, I can't remember the actor's name, but they're like going around on Christmas Eve trying to buy presents. It's basically jingle all the way, but for us, yeah, and it's better. Um, and yeah, Rebel Wilson, as we already mentioned, has a really good role in this. Doesn't do one single fat joke. No, Hooray! she doesn't. A revelation. She really doesn't. This might be the best thing I've seen her in. Yeah. Well, her best performance easily because I, I don't like the Pitch Perfect movies. I know that they're fine and they're okay, and Anna Kendrick's great, but I don't like the Pitch Perfect movies. Um, and the only other thing that she's been in that I can think of right now, because it's still in cinemas, is Cats. And there's no way in hell I'm going to give Cats any I thumbs really up. I really wish 
somehow like it was i know it was awful but a little bit of me wanted them to pick up one oscar for like music or some yeah. like best original song so you'd have to watch it because that would be hilarious. I kind of do want to watch it, but not in uh, a not in a in a fan forstick way. Not yeah. In a, not in an Oscars. Uh, apparently, way. speaking of doomed animal movies, Doolittle is apparently god awful. Apparently, I saw this. Yeah, yeah, I read eleven percent. Yeah, Ooh, it's yo, yo, bad. Yo. Uh, at this point, I'm going to say this is like. A Semi-spoiler alert for the character of Elsa. Okay. Because she wasn't in any of the marketing material as far as I can see. Oh, no, she was. Oh, was she? Okay. In the trailers. So this this gives away a, a, a small plot point, but it doesn't involve the ending or anything like that. No. So if you don't want to know that, get going. Um, but yeah, um, what's her name again? Thomas Thomas and Mackenzie. Hell of a name. Um, she plays Elsa, who um, is basically the Anne Frank of the situation. Mm. <laughs> Not many times you get to say it. No, it isn't. You get to say she's the Anne Frank of the situation, but she's... um, So she's the... um, So Jojo had a sister, who I can't remember the name of, um, and and she died before the war broke out. Um, And this was one of her friends, Scarlett Hansen being, as we find out, being a kind of rebel, um, an anti-Nazi propagandist, Mm. kind of takes her in before she gets on the train to go to a concentration camp, takes her in and hides her in... Uh, it's not in the attic, it's in the wall. Like in a crawl space in yeah. one of the bedrooms? Something like that. To keep her safe. Um, and I can't remember how Jojo finds out... He sees the scratch mark on the floor. That's it. Figures That's out that, it. that it's a door and then yeah. she's in there. So then the main plot contrivance becomes, first of all, Jojo thinking he has a monster Jew in the... In the walls, living in, living in the walls of his house, um, and Hitler kind of stoking the fires of what he should do, and then he decides he's going to write a book about Jewish people. Yeah, and she kind of like leads him on with like, oh yes, we hang upside down like bats from the ceiling to sleep, etc., <laughs> yeah. uh, etc. Et it's a, it's, it's the heart of the movie, really. Yeah, um, that that relationship really could have gone one of two ways. It could, yeah, it could have been what I thought it was going to be going in, which is a please don't tell anybody, and him having kind of a pair over there. Yeah, but straight away they establish that that is not the power dynamic no. between these two people, and that is incredibly refreshing. She literally steals his knife from him, and then it's all over. <laughs> yeah. um, and she, he keeps going up with more and more knives, <laughs> yeah. and she stop losing your knives. Um, <laughs> it's fantastic. Yeah, she that there's. Yeah, that power relationship between the two is very refreshing and it's it kind of drives Jojo to start thinking of things differently of like you can tell it's like with most things, like like when most races are kind of confronted with the people they want to meet, mm. you know, that they they're scared of even sorry and kind of you, you see these documentaries of like, Oh, let's end the white supremacists to go and live with the Asian family. Etc. Is that a documentary? I'm making that one. That's the worst episode of Wife Swap ever, basically. Okay. Did you hear the Great British School Swap they did last year? No. They sent a load of, like, whiter than the driven snow kids from Telford Mm. to one in, like, um, uh, primarily, I think it was Muslim, possibly Sikh, school in Handsworth. Right. And had them swap schools. (laughs) And then it becomes like, oh, they're just normal people. They just have slightly different religious views. That's basically what happens here. Yeah, pretty much. Is he... He starts off thinking she's the, the scary Jew in the walls. You know, she's going she's gonna to unhinge her jaw and swallow him like a snake. Yeah. However, not the case. No. And find out, yeah, that she's just a normal person. She's got fears. She had a life before this happened. And it's not really fair what's happening to her. And that kind of, uh, like, 
realization dawning slowly on Jojo. It's not like there's a one thing that tips him off. It does take him a while. It does to kind of get over it because I imagine he's been so hardwired since basically he can remember that these are the enemy. Well, they make the point of that in the movie. They say that jo- jo- Jojo was obviously born before war broke out, yeah. but it's all he's ever known. Yeah, which is very interesting. That he all of his formative years were inside Nazi Germany. Exactly. So yeah, they do a fantastic job. And considering it's two relatively unknown actors, one of which is 12, yep. that really could have gone downhill quickly. But they do... It's almost Spielbergian in how well Taika Waititi managed to like get these good performances out of these kids. Yeah, you say a friendship between children that actually feels authentic. Yeah. And changes and grows over the course of the movie. And again, that's... Usually something only 80 Spielberg could pull off. Yeah. But here we are, and it's it's doing great. Um, having, I, I guarantee we'll see more of Tom's and Mackenzie going 100%. Forward. She's been in a bunch of movies oh. already. Um, she was in Leave No Trace. She was in The Hobbit Battle of Five Armies, apparently. No. And a bunch of other stuff. More importantly, she is going to be in Edgar Wright's new movie that's out this year. Oh, uh, Last, Last Night, Night in Soho. Soho. Yeah. Mm, interesting. Um... Cool, I don't really have much more to say. I'm just looking at the cast. Oh, we haven't mentioned Jojo's best friend, Yorkie. Oh, Yorkie. Well, yeah, Yorkie. I thought it was Yorgi. No, it's Yorkie. Uh, played by Archie Yates. Oh, he's great. He's it's so great good. that he can't maintain his German accent. <laughs> yeah. So it just becomes northern. <laughs> he tries occasionally, but it just doesn't. And that makes it funnier. <laughs> Um, yeah, he's whenever he shows up, it's hilarious. Yeah, because he somehow he's in. Like the Nazis are getting so desperate at this point that they'll hire even an incompetent twelve-year-old, <laughs> let alone a good one. Yeah. Um, yeah, and every time he turns up, like you're so happy to see him. Yeah, and he's just bumbling his way through life. It's <laughs> yeah. fantastic from situation to situation. Like in one of them, he turns up in an entirely paper uniform. Yeah, that's that's fun. He turns up with a bazooka, but you see that in the trailers. Yeah. Um, it's brilliant. It's, it really is. Um, yeah, I can't fault this cast at all. I they, I don't really have many problems with it. I think it, everything it sets out to do, it does well. And it could have been a straight-out comedy, I think I would have been fine with it. But the fact, like I said, it does that Four Lions thing of occasionally kind of smacking you around the head with what actually is going on. That is true. I think that's the thing for me that pushes it over the top. Fair enough. Of like, this, is, this goes above like a run-of-the-mill... Movie that might it'll hang around the top ten, maybe the bottom of there. Whereas I think this is going to be a good solid placement um, already. And it was the first movie I watched of the year, and I was like, I'm pretty sure that's going to make my top ten. Fair enough. It, I, it's hard. It's hard to say what's actually going to be in the top ten this year. For once, there is no clear answer as to what the best movie of the year is going to be. No, which I'm very glad about. I already know that um, it won't be Jojo Rabbit though, because I've already seen movies I mm. like more than it this year. Fair enough. So. It's still very good. What I was hoping for and what I think it could benefit from is a little bit more historical grounding. Mm-hmm. I know it's already set in the past, in the middle of the war, yada, yada, yada. But a sense of geography would be nice. We're in, we're inside Nazi Germany, but that doesn't necessarily stop at the German border. No. That extended to Poland and Austria and Christland as well. So that would have been nice because we understand that um, Jojo's... The story that Jojo knows about his absent father is that he's fighting on the Italian yep. front. So that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that doesn't that gives a situation. Is this the south of Germany? Are they going that way? But yep. eh, it's hard to say. I could have done more with a sense of 
properly understanding how German people lived during this time because the, the idyllic sort of thing of the village just carries on is all fine and good and at least gave the movie a bit of levity, I guess, mm-hmm. although it is a comedy, so you would expect levity. Yeah. I, I, I could have done more with, you know, he goes to the camp that is very swiftly cut off for, from being a storyline. Yeah. About 15, 20 minutes yeah. in, but we'll talk about how that happens in just a moment. And then it is just a series of bedrooms and empty rooms and a swimming yeah. pool at one point. There's nothing distinctly German about that. Whilst there is little phrases, like, mm. at one point, because obviously none of it has is in German unless they're naming something in German. Yeah. There's a bit during the Gestapo comes round when, um, I guess this is a minor spoiler, where Elsa is talking to the Gestapo. Yeah. Um, and she says, in response to a, a request, she says, naturally... Which uh, nat- natürlich in German is actually a pretty colloquial response to things. Like right. it's a way of going, yes, absolutely, okay. naturally. So I appreciate that they nailed down the little tiny tidbits of sort of the German vernacular. Yeah, I could have done with that more in the world building. Okay. See, I just think you might run the risk then of like kind of bogging the film down. I think it has a pretty good pace. And what I would appreciate, yeah, we know exactly where we are. We know what's going on, and there's a bit more made about. The kind of juxtaposition of this seems like a fairly normal village, except for the gallows in the town square. That's a bit strange. Yeah. <laughs> but apart from that, yeah, I could see how a little bit of that is, but I wonder if you go too far down that of trying to explain, you know, exactly where you are geographically, the kind of trappings of the life here in this little village. Mm. I don't know. I just feel like, is it really then boosting the movie? It, it'd be nice to have it, but I don't see it making a difference to either the, the, the comedy or the kind of dramatic turns it takes to have that that kind of information. You it'd be nice if it was there, point. but yeah. I just I don't feel like that's a like that's a real for me at least, I don't feel that was a real falling down. Yeah, I get you. This feels like Zombieland double tap to me. It, it it's okay. it's very it's a very well built machine and it works very, very yeah. well. But it lacks a little bit of the secret sauce okay. from other YTT movies like Thor Ragnarok, like Hunt for the Wilder People, like what we do in The Shadows. Okay. There is there is a pedigree running through YTT's movies, and this mm. is still very, very good. Yeah. It, it just lacked that little bit of zing for me. Fair enough. I think I prefer it to Hunt for the Wilder People. Mm. Um, I might even prefer it to what we do in The Shadows. Like, I think the TV show's better. Like, I, I need to rewatch that movie immediately, but I... I think that's yeah. just because the TV show's very, very good. It is. Uh, right, anything else you want to say before spoilers? I think that's about it. I think you both get recommendations from us. Oh, yeah, go see it. Absolutely. Yeah, it's great. I mean, not, I, I was about to say it's nominated for an Oscar, but lest we always forget that Shape of Water won. So it's not necessarily <laughs> a sign of good taste that it's nominated for such movies. I think but, uh, it was nominated for six Oscars. I'm going to double-check my little... Fair uh, enough. My little chart because I've been obviously I've been keeping track of this I know I think he's up for writing Um, I don't know if he's up for director he's not going to win director because no I've seen the movie that should by all fucking right if anything (laughs) is good and natural in this world win for directing but there we go well it's not even that it's he's in the same category as Martin Scorsese that's that's not going to work out well for anybody is it no other than Martin Scorsese yeah I cannot find there we go yeah so uh, Jojo Rabbit, what? Yep, six Oscars, making it the fourth most nominated movie for the Oscars this year. Cool. Good job. And considering, again, it's a 
Fox Searchlight production. I don't imagine the budget was terribly high. Like you're right, they, they, <laughs> the Hitler Youth Camp is literally just a field. Yeah. Um, and the, the it's set largely in the kind of house of Jojo Rabbit and his mom. There's only a few scenes where you're like, oh, that's where the budget went. I mean, Scarlett Johansson can come cheap. Yeah. Um, I, I don't feel she's an A-lister, but I feel like she's one that at least she's usually in an indie film. She'll she'll pick a passion project when she yeah. sees it. So maybe they got it cheaper than you would normally get for that. But uh, or Taika Taika Waititi was cashing in a favour from the MCU days. Well, there you go. Um, but yeah, spoiler alert. Right. So the the bit where I was like. I know the bit you're talking about. Can we come to that in a minute? Oh, yeah, of course we can. Let's, so the movie throws you the old curveball about 20 minutes in. Uh, Jojo gets hit by a hand grenade. His own hand grenade. His own hand grenade. That he that pings he... Off, a, off a tree. Oh, God, that shot where the kids ping a knife off a tree into another <laughs> kid. <laughs> That's Yorkie again, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Pinged. It's oh, in the trailer, no. but it's so fun. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> That's great. It is brilliant. Um, so, so the movie's framed as the reason that you can't, we can't go back to the field, is that the JoJo has kind of fucked his leg up. Yeah, and he's now he now feels bad about himself because he's no longer the perfect little Aryan. Yeah, which is which is great. Putting that first dent into that character. Yeah, I thought that was really but just because you got blown up by your head, you're no longer wanted by, and you basically can go and. Put up some posters. You're the mailman now. And get some metal for the... <laughs> Dress up as a robot yeah. and get some metal. <laughs> and that's about it. Um, so yeah, that that's um, the kind of crux of getting it away from that and kind of putting him into his home and, and giving him a bit of cabin fever, which leads to the discovery um, of Elsa. Um, and where was I going with this? Um, yeah, so that, that kind of kicks off. That starts the descent. But the bit that really like makes him... You know, completely figured everything he knew about the Nazis and, yep. and go completely on side. A lot of the way through the movie, they keep bringing your attention to Scarlett Johansson's shoes, mm. and I should have seen it coming because mm. she's also the one that's with him when you're at the uh, the gallows, seeing all these people hanged for being um, traitors and and kind of spreading anti-Nazi yeah. sentiment and all that stuff. And her constant dancing through the movie as yes. well. Yes, and we knew that Scarlett Johansson did this. But you just don't see it coming. No. Because there's a bit... She keeps telling him, like... When you fall in love, you feel butterflies in the stomach. And he starts to have, like, a a romantic feelings towards Elsa. It doesn't really go anywhere in the end. They have a much more um, uh, sibling relationship towards the end of the movie. Yeah. But anyway, he sees a butterfly in the middle of the town square when he's out doing something. Mm-hmm. Um, chases it, and then into shot just come Scarlett Hansen shoes. You don't actually see Scarlett Hansen hung. No. But you just see the shoes, and just the realisation almost instantly, like, oh, God. Yeah. Oh, no, we're The music drains out of that scene, and yeah. you just see it clonk against his head. You're like, oh, no. And he looks up and has a proper, like, again, for a 12-year-old, a hell of a response to that mm. stimuli. It's amazing. And that's a four line scene. That's like at the end of four lines when he walks into and blows up boots. Yep. It's it's the same of like, oh yeah, we were watching a, nat- uh, a terrorist comedy about people trying to kill us. Oh yes, we are watching a Nazi yeah. um, World War II occupied um, German town where they're going to do this to people like Scarlett Hansen, and we knew that she was a rebel. So, oh God, it does yeah. a real good job of hitting you with that. That was a real sucker punch. I think that was really effectively delivered, especially yeah. because it comes at the point where you, where everything's turning the corner, where he's starting to realise that, you know, he's not necessarily a Nazi. He's not a Nazi. He's a boy that likes dressing up in costumes, is, yeah. the, is the line. Um, and starts developing those feelings and starts 
questioning. Mm. The second he starts going back to Sam Rockwell and asking questions, yeah. and then also asking questions that stop being, you know, initially it's uh, I'm interrogating the Jew, yeah. uh, but then it's more what was what was everything like before the war for you? Yeah, yeah. And everything becomes more genuine and heartfelt. And that's when it kicks you in the dick. It really like, does. Oh, wow, okay. And then, so that's the reminder of like the, the harsh reality of this life. When the war finally catches up with this town, that's a hell of a section as well. <laughs> yeah, that one's great. So it's got comedy mixed in there, like with Yorkie saying, oh no, it's not about the Jews anymore, it's about the Russians, they're coming to eat our babies um, <laughs> yeah. and fuck our dogs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. Um, <laughs> what was which, the problem? Which, like... But what was it like? My brother, like the one that Robert Wilson just comes out with. Oh, it's, yeah. So there's at one point. So Jojo goes to the Nazi office to like find out what he can do now his legs messed up. Yeah. And it's like, oh, do you want to take care of the clones? And they just got eight clones <laughs> of somebody I don't know who. And that's the bit where so basically the Russians and the Americans arrive. Mm. Everything starts going, and it's like Jojo is running through. It's like he's running through a scene from 1917 for a second, and he's running through, and everything's blowing up around him. And you find Rebel Wilson just stra- like get, putting a, a grenade into the backpacks of the clones, pulling the trigger, and then saying, "Right, go give that American a hug. <laughs> Off you go." <laughs> it's so goddamn funny. And so Rebel Wilson gets a couple of good offhand lines, like I think it's like, "Oh, my brother met a Russian once and he ate him." Oh like, yeah. Like what? Uh, okay, that's the end of that joke. <laughs> it was really <laughs> effective. But so what? Even whilst the comedy's coming in, it's still like bad things are happening. People oh, are yeah. getting blown up. People are. Oh. Robert Wilson might do the most despicable thing in the movie, which is fucking saying something. Yeah, with bl- the but, you blowing know. up a child. Here you go, um, Yorkie. It's a submachine gun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's and there it's like again the reality of the war, and it, even the night before, where it's him and Elsa kind of hanging out the uh, the window, seeing all the explosions on the horizon. Mm. That really reminds you of oh. God, this is bad times for everybody involved. I got Chernobyl vibes from that particular yeah. scene of like, there's something bad happening over there, but the pretty lights make this seem romantic. And it's relatively calm over here because yeah. we're miles away from all this stuff. Um, and then it leads to the the ending in particular is really strong. So he basically yeah. gets back home and um, he tells Elsa, like, oh, because he, he wants to keep it there. He's happy with the relationship he's got. His mom's gone. He needs her there because... That was the other question. What the fuck happened? Like, so his dad is potentially dead in a ditch in Italy. Yes. Although that's not confirmed. No. He finds his mom hanging there and nobody does anything to the boy left on his own. Well, I think they had other uh, things on their mind, Michael. Yeah, a little bit. The Americans are about to come fuck themselves. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, where does Jojo go to the orphanage? That's a later concern. <laughs> yeah. Is Jojo going to be alive to go into the orphanage? Will the orphanage be there? Better <laughs> yeah. question. Will the orphans be there? Yeah, exactly. Hard to say. We we need suicide bombers. So that's fun. Oh, oh no, that's grim as well. Yeah. The um, I think actually I think I might just answer my own question because they have that brilliant scene where Elsa comes out and and passes herself off. Yes. As Jojo's sister. Yeah. Which is very tense. Yeah, I like that a lot. Even though there's Stephen Merchant mugging for the camera and reading through Jojo's like um, book about Jews. Yeah. Um, I can't, it didn't have a funny title, but I can't remember what it is. Um, and yeah, she manages to almost pass off, but it becomes apparent that Captain K, um, Sam Rockwell, 
kind of let her off the hook and he kind, kind of, of knows. Has stopped giving a shit, basically. It, it becomes unclear how Scarlett Johansson actually got caught. Mm. Like, if the Gestapo noticed something, if she just got caught, you know, red-handed. Or Captain K said something. I didn't get that impression, especially no. because at the end he saves He Jojo. does. Yeah, so he's running through the streets. Basically, the Americans are raving up Nazis and shooting them. Um, and, and Captain K, they, they ram Jojo up as a Nazi because he's wearing, I think he's wearing so when his uniform, he's got a swastika on or something. Mm-hmm. So they drag him in and, and uh, Sam Rockwell's character basically says, oh, how you doing, mate? And sends him away and saying, no, get away, dirty Jew. Um, to save him from the firing line because yep. then six seconds later you just off screen you hear oh god yeah, that's the end of uh, Alfie Allen and Sam Rockwell yep. so he goes oh and Sam Rockwell wears the most glorious military outfit you've oh ever seen in your god. life the big s- feather hat a big cloak going <laughs> a big cloak the, there was no wind apparently so no. they have to get Alfie Allen to billow it which is great amazing so he gets back and basically his whole world has crumbled Elsa is the only constant he has left and he said, tells them the war's over, but Germany won. You're going to have to stay in here. Yeah. He goes downstairs to kind of contemplate this, and that's when Hitler walks in yeah. with a big red patch on the side of his head. That, and the fucking... This is what I was talking about, the brilliance of that. Hitler was the... He's your mate. He's a boy scout like yeah. you. And he's a costume like that at the start of the movie. Now he looks like a fucking military general. Yeah. He's got all the regalia on. He's got a hole in his head, and he's fucking scary. Yeah. That's what I loved about that. However, he does then say, fuck you, Hitler, and boots him out of the window <laughs> via a dick kick. Yeah, that is a thing that happens. Which is a wonderful thing. And that's kind of him growing up, going upstairs and saying, the Americans have liberated, you're free, mm. you can go now. I mean, he doesn't say that exactly. He's like, we just better go outside. You know? Yeah. And then it becomes immediately apparent when a, when a, a US buggy drives yeah. past. And which he... leads into quite a poignant moment. Yeah. Because all through the movie, um, Scarlett Hansen's character has been saying... What will you know? What will you do when the war's over? Well, the first thing I'll do is I'll dance, and yeah. that is how they end. And the it's mean, two heroes by a uh, burp, 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 German David Bowie. That's the one. Um, it's great, and it basically becomes like he, he's like, right now we're in this together. Now I'm not going anywhere. You're coming with me. We're going to go and find a life somewhere. Mm. And it's a really nice ending with, with with a sweet little romance told through the tale of he finds out she's got a boyfriend he becomes immediately jealous and starts drawing pictures of, of said boyfriend of ways to kill <laughs> yeah. what's his name it's going to wind me up I don't know if he's in here no he wouldn't be he wasn't cast um, yeah he, he wasn't cast he wasn't in it Nathan uh, Nathan that's it ways to kill Nathan in the book is fantastic um yeah, it's just got a very... This thing, even though it is, like, a proper zany comedy, there's a very nice, like, sweet core running through all of it that I think, again, pushes it above other comedies that just don't have that, mm. of a genuinely, like, heartfelt and touching tale between these two people who, at the start of the movie, could not be on more opposite sides, you know, a, a member of the... You know, an Aryan member of the Hitler Youth and a Jew literally hiding in a wall somewhere... To them being complete equals and a power team by the yeah. time this film finishes. And that's what I liked about it so much. It was a very, very strong start to the year. January's done very well so far. This is what's making January fun for the cinemas in the UK because mm. no one wants to release Oscar movies anymore. Like Not for us anyway. Not for us. Like They'll give it to the Americans in like October time mm. and their January is like, oh, the new Undertale's coming out or some bullshit like that. We're getting all the Oscar movies in January. 
It's a, it's it's a great time. Yeah, because we have the advantage that they didn't have. We can put Jojo and 1917 in their best movies for this year. And they do last year. It's why Assassin's Creed avoided being the worst movie of 2017 and was only the worst movie of 2018 for us. <laughs> um, but yeah, brilliant. I, I cannot speak more highly of this movie. Um, I, I hope we get something. I don't know. Writing is the one, I think. If it's up for writing, I think it has a strong chance... At that yeah, one, adapted some of the screenplay. Avoids. Adapted screenplay again. Yeah, yeah he could get that. Um, I, I'm not like he needs a pity award, but I would like some recognition. I would like Taika to take one. That would be nice, and then he can go. I know he's doing uh, Thor: um, Love and Thunder next. Mm. That's going to be a hell of a thing. Hopefully, uh, hopefully, hopefully. I've got faith that he knows what he's doing in a James Gunn situation, but I yeah. do question what it is they're doing with that film. I know, but I think he's now. He joined a very short list of directors I have that I'm like, no matter what they're doing, yeah. I'm going to watch them. You mentioned Edgar Wright earlier. Edgar He's Wright, on the list. Christopher Nolan. Nolan, yes, but like, I don't, there's only a few Nolan films I actually really like. There's some that I'm like, impressed by and a lot that I think are shite. Like another one out this year. Yeah, Tenet, yeah. which we know nothing about. God, he's, getting, he's getting fucking cocky. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Spielberg, obviously. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think who else there could be. Who the Russos? Like... Russos. Okay, that was the other one I was trying to think of. Yeah, yeah. Anything the Russos do, I'm going to go and follow them. That's a pretty good list if you to be on. Mm. Of, of like high quality across the board for most of their movies. And Tiger Whitey is definitely there. Yeah. Fantastic. Let's wrap up. Rightio, you can go and follow me on Twitter and Instagram at AdThatMikeO. And you can go and follow Darren on Twitter and Instagram at, at the Gutridge, And you can go and follow the site on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook under the username FowleyNT. That's F-O-U-L-E-N-T. You can also find us on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts and any other RSS feed service under the username FowleyNT or FowleyNT Podcasts. You can, of course, go to FowleyNTMan.com for all more podcasts and more articles. You're midway through your WWE 2019 stats week. We are. Um, episode four, day four even, went live today. It was the head, head records of the entire roster. So far, we've had the winners and losers. Uh, we've had the overall records of everyone on the roster, and we've had all the non-contract jobbers uh, who turned up over the course of the year. Uh, we still have uh, two parts for the mums of the year, one focusing on individuals, and then one focusing on the actual mums of the year before we wrap up on the seventh day with titles. So please do go check out Many and various articles over on there if you're interested in WWE or big data analysis. Always so fun. fun. Yeah. That's where the big books are these days, Michael. Who big, knew? Big data analysis. Um, if you're not into numbers, you can, of course, do some words because I've still got uh, my best of everything else article to come out, which is going to discuss TV and music and I think a little bit of YouTube and some live stuff in there. So that's always nice. And I'm currently trying to get through two articles they might not be out by the time you hear this it's predicting every single oscar award winner and who the fuck else is left for smash brothers because oh boy and why is it fire emblem again uh, why is it every time sakurai please you think you think you've got him you've got all these hopes and dreams you fool you've activated my trap card it's fire emblem <laughs> suck it um <laughs> Not an actual quote from Sakurai, but my God, I wish it was. It may as well have been. Yes, uh, we are also recording a 1917 review today, as well as something else that's undecided yet. So, uh, lots of things going on over here on fairentertainment.com. Plenty to do, plenty to see. Thank you very much for listening to this episode, and we'll see you in the next one. Bye, everybody! Bye! Bye.